0: All right, guys, welcome to another episode on the podcast. Got myself, Brian, my co-host, Squints, and our new friend, Rob. How's it going today, bud? How you doing, guys? Good. Thanks for coming. We appreciate thanks, your time.
1: Thanks for having us here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate Nick for doing the introduction.
1: Big Nick, thank you.
0: Big Nick. <laughs> um, want to kind of give us a background on who you are and where you're at, and then we'll kind of dive deeper from there?
1: Sure. So I've uh, been in the mortgage industry for 22 years now, started in 2003. I was a junior for WAMU before Chase picked it up. <clears throat> got some wings from there. I went to Wells Fargo, spent about uh, six years there. And then got recruited to go out of there um, into HSBC, spent 10 years at HSBC. And uh, so I was in that retail race for almost 17 years of my life. And um, and it led to me not feeling so great. I kind of started feeling a little sick. And I was forced out of work. And uh, basically, physically or mentally, uh both, both yeah. it began it began with uh, I was turning forty at the time. Mm-hmm. Get up in the morning, I was limping to the bathroom, had some 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 body pains. My doctor thought I was actually developing fibromyalgia, and uh, I was due from stress. so the mind got to the body. yeah. And uh, my doctor was like, listen, man, at the pace you're running, you gotta you gotta slow down before you know something bad happens. And uh, I'm like, okay, it was a tough decision for me to make, so I did that, and uh, kind of stayed on off the workforce for thirty months, and uh, it was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me, but the worst things ever happened to me because, you know, there was no purpose. Get up in the morning, uh, financially I was fine, but my boys are working. Um, the rat race had completely stopped for me, so I had to regroup, and we realized that, like, hey, man, this is not really the life I want to live. Um, the work I was doing wasn't really giving me the, the the reward that I wanted financially. It was, but not not everywhere else. So I went through a really bad breakup at the time, um, separated from some kids that I really liked a lot, and um, I moved from a really nice home into a one bedroom, uh, an extra bedroom with my friends' house at my friend's house, driving a uh, a electric car that couldn't even get me back to where I came from, and uh, so sucked it up. And I uh, was getting recruited back to go to the bank. I uh, decided to not take the bank job anymore. It's not, it wasn't me. And I kind of fell into this huge discovery mode about who I was, why did I think the way I did, why did I behave the way that I did. And I decided, you know what, I'm really good at what I do, but I can I do it somewhere else? Uh, so I started Mortgage Globe, which is my company today. And I decided that if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it my way. And I wanted to take the commission out of the picture and really become a solutions-based company because the money wasn't really driving me. It didn't drive me before. I didn't want to sell from desperation. Uh, so we set up our company in a way where our comps are almost identical across every single bank. So we're not moving a client from bank A to bank B because there's something for us to gain, it's really the best choice for the client. And um, and when I switched the vision, when I switched the purpose, then everything t- turned uh, changed for me. You know, the company did really, really well. Um, I think I did a 6x increase in income, a 6x increase in volume. Wow. We're now a team of 10. Uh, We're continuing to grow. Um, Proud to say that we're actually surviving the the down market. I'm actually almost as busy as as I've been before. And I think it all happened because I put the client in front. It wasn't really a commission play anymore. It was was really solutions. I've, I have different conversations with my clients now. I say things like, hey man, the best rate may not be the best rate for you. And, under, and time me explain to them why. You know, let's look at the bigger picture. How much down payment are you gonna put in? Should, should you keep some money in the bank instead? Maybe go with a little higher rate. Maybe have your assets work for you. We change the whole approach a little bit more. Financial education. Sort of, and giving yeah. like not just sell. Like, hey, you wanna put 30% down, you wanna do this deal, this is best for you? No problem, let's go. I like to push back, I like to Give my clients a manual because there are always choices on the table. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, it's been our fourth year now, and um, I was uh, it was a tough road, but uh, I'm glad I, I made the choice.
2: So if it's not commission based anymore, um, how does the structure work for the business itself to to be profitable? We
1: still have commissions in place, mm-hmm. uh, but they're set; they're fixed. Okay. Um, so to give an example, when you sign up with a lender, you have to pick what your compensation is gonna be, and it can range from X to Z. We, I took a survey of what the national average was, and I went 30% below the national average wow. um, to stay competitive, of course. Uh-huh. And I made sure that all of our comps were identical from lender to lender, which is very not traditional for brokers. Uh, a lot of brokers, you know, they'll make X here, they'll make Y there. And that gives the staff or the sales team Maybe I shouldn't say dishonesty, but they can say, "Hey, I can make a little money. more here versus over there. Let me just see the client here instead." I didn't want that culture in the company. I want us to kind of just sell based on 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 what's best for the client. So we are for profit. So there is compensation, mm-hmm. but there isn't a difference a difference in compensation from lender to lender. Makes sense. Does that okay. makes some sense. For
0: the average person that doesn't know, why would someone want to go to a broker versus walking in a Chase or Wells Fargo to get their loan?
1: It's a good question. So, those are square, square boxes. They only have one product to sell, and there's nothing wrong with them. I actually have really deep relationships with some uh, some of the some of those banks, and oftentimes I do refer the client to um, to the bank. Uh, like I said, the bank is a square box, so it has to be a very, very Perfect, with no, no hair. Call it right, which doesn't really happen. The government rolled out something called a qualified mortgage. A qualified mortgage means it has to meet these criterias: two years tax returns, max debt to income ratio has to be X. The file has to fall in a very, very square, very rigid set of guidelines. Brokers work with different lenders that have different types of types of guidelines um a lot of self-employed guys for example they're not quite um income is not quite on their on paper you know um but their bank statements are solid you know uh we have products that are like based on the income of the building you know where it's very similar it's very similar to commercial where commercial is something called the debt service ratio so if i if you want to buy a building and let's say you're personally loaded with debt but the building itself will pay for the mortgage, then we can do that deal. A bank can never touch a deal like that. Stated income, you've heard of that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot more product offering in the wholesale side than you're gonna find in retail.
0: So it's just finding multiple ways to make it work versus just the one cookie cutter. Correct, that correct. a traditional bank gives you.
2: Exactly. You're able to deal with different personalities and understand more of people's stories and, and not just Hey, does X, Y, and Z meet the criteria for the steward You can take it more on a personal a level of yeah, helping people out.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I my the way I approach my clients, I try to really take the guard off. I have to do an x-ray of their finances anyway, and I mm-hmm. have to understand what's going on. Um, so that gives me more freedom to kind of understand what's going on with them, what their future holds, uh, what, what their plans for the properties are. I mean, every client is so different, man, that, um, that as a broker, I feel like you have a lot more um, leeway, a lot more options. And listen, there are times where I say, listen, this is all great, but I feel like Chase might be able to offer a better deal. Let me make a call for you because we well, don't know about the retail space. And I, I don't know if I can see it here, but it matters, the loan officer in retail matters. So if you walk into a bank and you see the guy that's in a suit working in a corner that says mortgage officer, he might not be the guy. You know, the big guys are doing a lot of volume. Those guys are working from home. They're in the corporate offices. So think of it this way. Do you think a guy like Kobe Bryant or LeBron James is gonna get more pool, more leeway than a brand new rookie that just got into the league? Of course. Without it course. works the same, you know? So the big guys they are doing a lot of volume. Those guys have pricing concessions. They can do underwriting exceptions. There are a lot of things you can do. Well, I happen to know who those guys are. So a lot of times I'm able to connect my clients with some of those top guys and even negotiate better price and then the same client would have gotten from the same bank from a different guy. So I guess my time in retail paid off because a lot of times I'll do get clients and I'll say, hey man, listen, you're, you're a Wells Fargo client, but this is the guy at Wells, not nah. That guy. Mm-hmm. So banks don't like don't like talking about this, but that's the uh, truth. That's, that's, that's the, the truth. Essence, yeah. The truth hurts. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <It> does <laughs> perfect. Um let's go back to uh your transition based off of uh your health and your feelings around things, you know? Yeah. Um it seems like dark times lead to to hopefully good decision making and, and pivots in life that send you in another direction. Right. Um it's, uh, we've all been there before, obviously, and we get into these little moments that are like we feel kind of lost or stuck or like we're not headed in the right direction. I'm sure it was a tough, a tough time, um, finding your purpose again. What helped you, um, uh, redirect
1: and get back into uh, a good space? Man, it's a tough question because a lot happened, you know, a lot happened during that, uh, during that phase and uh there was a moment um specifically because when i went through that breakup we're going through some therapy towards the end to try to kind of keep things together for the kids and um and i kept seeing him for a little while after the breakup and i was driving pretty far man i was driving from long beach to calabasas just actually thousand oaks to see him And uh, he gave me a book to read called Childhood Disrupted. And I was reading that book back and forth as I was driving. I was listening to that book back and forth as I was driving to see him. And the book talked about all these very young adults that had gone through really, that were coming through a a time in their life where they lived really healthy lives, but everybody was getting sick, either heart disease, cancer. For some reason, there was something in common with these adults. They were healthy overall, they live healthy life, uh, uh, lifestyles, but they were coming down sick prematurely, late 40s, early 50s. So they studied a little deeper and they found one thing in common between all those adults is that they all have had really, really troubled childhoods. Wow. So there was a test in the middle of that book uh, for for you to take to to figure out how, how tough your childhood really was. I took the test, mine was a nine out of 10. Wow. So I'm like, man, I don't want my past to determine my future. You know, I don't want other things that happen to me as a as a kid uh, to you know, maybe press some generic button prematurely in my life. So that's what made me change. Because I kept going to see him and he's like, no, finish the book. Um, I thought it was the worst book in the world, like, this is fucking my death sentence. Yeah. But he's like, man, that brain's really plastic. Finish the book. So I finished the book. And that's what the author talked about. It's like the brain's very plastic that things can change. So that's when things change. That's when I started changing the way I think. That's when I got deep into reading. I think I went to like 37 books in a year. Wow. I got really big in meditation, and I was really on a mission to, okay, I have some time off work. Let's fix what's broken, because things cannot keep going the way they're going. And that began. And uh, I, 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 I've been doing it ever since. Uh, that's what made me not want to go back to the bank and do my own thing. Uh, it was so hard at the time that I was selling air conditioning door to door for months until I could actually make some money to pay my bills. Wow. And uh, we got my license, and then it was one deal at the time, one deal at the time, and then we did, I think, almost 600 million on our best year, which was two, two years ago. Wow. Uh, last year was a little different. I think we did close to 400. Uh, and, you know, obviously 2023 has been a little different than for most people in the industry but I think we're still gonna finish this year over 200 million. So, and I'm doing most of the production. Nice. But yeah, man, I think I hit the I hit a wall and I realized that, you know, if I don't change, um, I'm bound to get sick again, or I'm bound to hurt somebody else or make mistakes that I didn't wanna make again. So
2: childhood stress and regression, they, through this book you realized is causing us to head in a certain direction, huh? I've never heard of the book before, but that sounds very interesting.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, man, because the, the idea is you know stressed children we're soaking cortisol for endless amount of time we're not mm-hmm. we're not supposed to be thinking like that. we're not supposed to be worry about adult shit. we're supposed to be to worry about our kid stuff, yeah, and unfortunately for me, I was exposed to a lot of stuff that i wasn't-, expo- I, wasn't I wasn't supposed to, and uh, it's funny you know you fast forward from such a young age to almost forty forty two years old at a time, and you start realizing like, man, now I know I think the way I think, you know. And, um, you know, for everybody listening, I think therapy is great, uh, but th- therapy is just the beginning. I think if you're, like, trying to build a house, you can go to Home Depot and buy some stuff. That's what therapy is. I think the work begins with some self-discovery, some reading, putting yourself in challenging situations. Um, I truly believe that meditation is the key to opening all those boxes and finding um, finding answers. Yes, it's worked for me.
2: Is, that, is it the calm and... and uh... Um, what in the meditation do you think is 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 helpful in that sense
1: I think meditation helps you kind of regress and kind of organize your mind and it teaches you to kind of expand your thinking in a way the calming I think is like phase one because everybody says oh I can't meditate I can't meditate I can't do this and it's tough it's you tough know to shut off it's tough to shut off and even for me today I mean I've been yeah. doing this for five, five six years now and I still have moments where my mind is still running. But there's a rule of meditation that goes, you know, your first, the first thought is not your fault. The second thought is. So if you're sitting in meditation, like, oh fuck, I gotta pay that bill, that's cool. But don't water that garden, go back to where you were. So um, I think for me, man, it's been not, not so much the calming, but the understanding who I really am and understand that I can change anything, that I can really create anything, I really can. I've gone so deep in creation, manifestation, that I've, I've felt the event in such a granular level. I've smelt, I've, 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 I've really lived um, some of the things that I want. And it's ironic that things are slowly, in some way, all coming true. Heading in that direction. It's like clockwork, man. Wow.
0: Well, it's crazy. Do you find that shift in mindset was what helped you get over your ailments?
1: 100% because, again, it brings hope, right? So let's say as an example, let's say there is a, I'm gonna use as an example. Let's say there is a, um, an anxious, small version of, of Brian from back in the day, okay? Well, that's a memory, right? That's how you used to feel. You shouldn't determine how you feel today, or how you're gonna to feel tomorrow. Well, how do you shift that? Okay, well, you can go to therapy and talk about it, but all they're gonna do, is they're gonna say, well, Brian, you feel this way because 160 years ago, your dad did this. Okay, cool. So now you know why. How do you fix? You, you're still going to have the feeling. You're still going to understand how it happens. Again, this is all personal. 100%. Yeah. Per, what yes. worked for me. Well, maybe in the next meditation, you see that little Brian feeling different. Because you know what not, what not feeling anxious feels like. Mm-hmm. Right? See that. Live that. Breathe that. And doing that over and over and over again, in my opinion, creates change and reprograms you to think different. You just the same way you program yourself then, you program yourself now. So this is why I think like you no know, therapy is great as a as an opener, but I think the cure and the, the the answer that people are really looking for, I think comes from much deeper work.
0: Wow, makes great sense. Yeah, and most people don't want to acknowledge that. Like we went through some shit in our childhood, and we just kind of truth. stuff it, and truth hurts, you yeah. know,
2: and it's easy when you've been semi successful or you're able to still get through your day and it's uh, I use the rock bottom term because a lot of times you know rock bottom is a terrible thing, but it can be a jump off point for a pivot in some way. Some yeah. people never get to rock bottom, yeah, some people carry it. For long periods of time, and some shoulders are broader than others, right? Yep. I and it doesn't mean it. that it doesn't affect our life, or it doesn't give us stress, or or keep us from being our full potential. Sure. But we're strong enough to carry the burden of it and to never address, be aware, but never address fully or have to go deep. So, it is a good point to uh to know that it is up to us to be the change that we want in ourselves first, right? And others second.
1: And you made a good point, man, because I think unfortunately it does take most people, you know, I mean, it happened to me, you have to hit a bottom or something has to happen, loss, something. And a lot of people are fortunate enough to never have to deal with that. Yeah. But the fact doesn't change that, you know, you to carrying that burden. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something called the frog in boiling water, right? Mm-hmm. You just get used to it, you know? If, if you were taken off in a position and put back in, you probably say, absolutely not. But because you've been in there for so long, you got used to it. it it's just how it is. Yeah, you know. So um, yeah, man. I'm all for me. Change is key. Um, I think. Uh, I think my biggest attribute is that you can ask my wife. I'm always trying to improve. Mm-hmm. I'm always trying to change. Uh, every single day, I'm trying to do something better. I take notes on the mistakes I made the day before, and the conversations that I had, the things wow. I should have done different. You know. It becomes a little self-analytical by by, by, by by trade a little bit, but it's helped me keep myself on track, mm-hmm. you know, um, to say, hey man, listen, don't feel this way. That didn't really serve you. And it's not perfect. You have days where like, I'm not good. And the days that I'm not good, um, I give myself a small window. You know, I'll give an example. Last week, I did not have the best day. I kind of got my ass kicked with some work stuff and kind of felt discouraged. Um, I think it's common and you're not gonna feel 100% all the time. And um, I have a Zen den at my house. Uh, it's like the garage converted into like a meditation, like health wellness place. And I'm like, okay, two hours. Go be sad, go be depressed, go be whatever, for two hours and that's it. So I gave myself that space and that was it. You know, it worked. And it hasn't been a thought since? Not really, ma'am. Not really, because then I'll, I'll, find, I'll find the answer. You know, I just need time to kind of like feel let it, let it, let, let it, let it happen, and then let it go. Well, you know, versus carrying for like three to four days and like you yeah. know, impacting your mood, impacts your relationships, impacts your conversations. The Eventually, ripple,
2: the ripple of every interaction we have in life at any moment is so big, right? And we don't really give credit to, you know, somebody cuts us off or says something that we don't like at a coffee shop or at work and then it carries on into our relationships or to our children. And it's a it's a dangerous wave that is created based off of little, little yeah. things, you know, it's a little pebble. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Do you find since the therapist forced you to listen to that book to the end, even though you wanted to quit multiple times, is that what led you to reading 37 books a year now?
1: Yeah. I mean, that was kind of like, OK, well, what else is there? You know, this was like the first discovery. I kind of like, hey, what else is there?
0: And once you got to the end of the book, everything clicked for why he was forcing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, the therapist at the time, which was what I liked about about him so much, is that he was a very, had a similar childhood to myself. He was one of four. His father was really um, abusive, alcoholic, all that stuff, and three, I forget exactly, those four siblings, one was an alcoholic, Two of them, one had died, one was sick, and he was the only one that was thriving, you know? So it was like almost a mirror image of the book, you know, uh, where these kids went through a tremendous amount of stress, one of them became an alcoholic, the other one died prematurely, the other one was sick with cancer, and then that was my guy. Coincidence? Maybe. But I believe that if you soak yourself in cortisol long enough, I think um, something's going to break. You know, we we're talking about that earlier. You know, why is this happening to all these adults today? I think maybe the level of stress is much higher. I think uh, we're on. I think our lives are moving a lot faster. And, a lot faster. You know, maybe you are predisposed for cancer, but doesn't mean you have to have it. You know, and I think if you press enough of your stress responses, um, I think you're gonna get sick. It's not. It's not if. It's when. You know, look, look as an example, if you look at a gazelle that's on the grass eating, right? Um, if a tiger comes around the corner, well, maybe pause, if the, t- the gazelle is out eating, all it's thinking about is what? The food. The food, grazing, that's it. When a, gazelle co- when a tiger comes and starts chasing a gazelle, everything locks up, all its responses go into survival, everything shuts down, and he runs. When you finally run it runs a tiger, you think the gazelle goes to its gazelle and say, hey, homie, can not believe how big the fucking tiger was? No? It doesn't. It doesn't relive it. It's done. It goes back to restoring Beating. all its systems. Well, to you and I, if I piss you off today, you're gonna lock up. Everything's gonna shut down. I'm gonna leave. You're probably gonna talk to him about it. i talk to your wife about it. You're gonna yeah. live there for God knows how long. And that's yes. just one response of work, relationships, all the stuff that's constantly, constantly turning our systems off. So yeah, I think if you mess with that stuff long enough, you're going to get sick. Just a matter of when, not if. 100%. Wow. 100%. That's
2: very deep and very easy to understand. Yeah. Um, that is a
0: great analogy there. Yeah. So do you look at life different now and just let things go more easily? You don't carry it. You give yourself that window and then...
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm still human. I still have my moments. I still get pissed. You know, Uh, I'm in a very stressful business. You know, Uh, we're growing the company. We're developing some tech right now. We're putting systems in place. We have new relationships we're forming. So my days are fucking stressful. But I think right now there's a light bulb that goes on and say, Hey, listen, turn it down, turn it down. It became a very selfish response because I just I don't want to get sick prematurely. I don't want things to break you know, and I've noticed, I've happened to me seven years ago, my body broke, you know, and I'm 100% sure it was because of stress, you know. So now I became a lot more vigilant about how I feel. Um, I'll have moments, don't get me wrong, I'll, no, you know, but all... like I'll try to really limit on how long I sit that for.
0: Do you limit what information you put in your head these days, like watching certain TV, the news, certain shows that are just not Bringing you knowledge or growth,
1: a hundred percent. I, I stop watching the news and forgive me for saying this, you guys. I don't I don't get into the news. Um, it may seem very ignorant, but if I was gonna sit at a dining table and talk about politics, I'll probably sound like a three year old because I have absolutely nothing to say. Um, and yeah, I try to keep my brain um, very nurture with information. Um, I don't expose myself to bad conversations. I don't expose myself to bad information. Um, if some comes to comes my way, it's because it was in a group setting. I do notice an impact on my dreams. I have an impact on how I feel if I'm exposed to information that I perceive to be uh, toxic in some way, you know? I'll have fun, i watch a movie here. I'll watch some some silly show and that's cool. Um, I try not to watch stuff before I go to bed. Uh, my sleep is very important because I have noticed that my dreams will shift.
0: Wow. Yeah. Do you stay away from your cell phone before bed? Do you have a certain regimen on?
1: Yeah, so I have two settings on my phone. <laughs> uh, both that Do Not Disturb. One is higher level than other. Um, um, the only person who can get through my phone is my mom because she's still alive and you know she's a little older. But yeah, I don't look on my phone. Uh, if I look at anything, it would be like if I'm shopping for something, I'm putting a little project together, something that's like not you know um, not too distressing and I do not look at my phone in the morning until I get my routine done. I don't. I, actually, I lied to you. My phone will have no, 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 um, no notifications at all, so I do look at the calls, but it's like 4.35 o'clock in the morning to see if my mom called. Because if I had a missed call from her, there's something for me to be alert, alarmed by, that's it. I don't look at texts, I don't look at emails, I don't look at, at mortgage news, which news, news I follow. Man, i look at nothing.
0: So your morning routine is complete? Nothing,
1: until it's done, until it's done.
2: So then you give yourself a window of work and when people, you, you are reachable to business friends and, and coworkers and things of that nature.
1: Yeah, my day starts, starts pretty early. So I try not to not to eat my personal time with work time. You mm-hmm. know, so I'm up pretty early. My routine is about an hour. It doesn't take that long, you know, um, then I go about my day, I go to the gym. If I'm at the gym, I try to at least pay attention to my phone a little bit, but it's really early. So hopefully there's not a whole lot going on. Um, and then I'll probably get a little more active with my phone by around 8, 8.30, then 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 it begins. Then you push and, through the day. Then um, when the window opens. Yeah. What attracted you to the
0: mortgage industry for you to go through your health thing and then want to continue staying in it?
1: You know, man, at the time I think it was, um, it was really young you know my roommate at the time was working for for wells fargo the mortgage 2003 was just booming It was like when we first had a pretty pretty significant changing rates and at that time and i say at that time because i think i'm a different person today um it seemed like a really lucrative industry um and i said hey i can probably make some money doing this and that was so that's what got me in what kept me in is the fact that i i think i'm pretty good at my job I like interacting with people. Um, I like the trust factor that comes with it, which is part of the reason why I set up the company the way I do. I need to be trusted. So if you're not gonna trust your lawyer, you're not gonna trust your doctor, you're not gonna trust your mortgage guy, we shouldn't have been doing, uh, doing business together. And so I like that I like that, that feeling that I get when my clients say, no, Rodney, whatever you say, you know? Um, because I know I have their best interests at heart. Yeah. And, um so that's what kind of kept me in. I think it's my skill level and the fact that I like working with people. Fulfilling
2: to yeah. know that people trust your yeah. opinion or expertise. A hundred percent. And that struck an, uh, a chord with me when you said, if you're not gonna trust your lawyer or your doctor, and it's two things that people are very wary of at this moment and in, in, in time right now, right? Yeah. It's like, these were things that people didn't used to question in prior generations. And now we're at a time where we more or less question everything. And obviously self research is very important in life. I believe that we should all do our own research and due diligence, but it is almost a shame that we have to question the the authorities or the government or you know, these type of things. You know, it's not something that our predecessors worried about questioning. I know. Yeah. So it is nice to know that people trust your opinion on the matter and that it's coming from a good positive place yeah yeah
1: some people walk away they don't trust me no matter what i say yeah (laughs) i don't get i don't have i don't get a hundred percent but um but um i think um i think most do and luckily a lot of my business is referral so that helps you know um and that kind of has a domino effect you know but uh yeah new engagements you can see like there's a huge card you know what's this guy talking about there's gotta be money here money there. It's not like that at all, ma'am. It's not.
2: When you point somebody in a in a different direction, mm-hmm. and it's kind of off par with what they're used to from your industry, yeah, does it seem? Because you say that you you put people where you feel like they're best put, not just because of you know something financial matter, but we feel like there might be a better place for somebody. Do they do they have a weird wall based off of that? Because everybody thinks everybody has an angle or a thing. Yeah.
1: I mean, everybody has done a mortgage in their lives, so they think so they think they're experts, yeah. you know. And um, and we've been in such a low rate environment, so everybody comes to the door based on rate, you know, like what's the best rate you can get. Now, I'll share a story with you guys, which uh, the guy, the the person became a really close friend of mine. He actually wrote a whole business plan for me. He's actually probably my my closest business advisor. Um, He came to me, it was a referral, and he was, man, laser focused on like, I want this rate. I'm gonna sell my, he he was giving me signals. I'm gonna sell my investments so I can put more money down. I'm gonna pay off my car to make my score go up and make my underwrite better. I'm like, man, this guy thinks he's, I'm like chuckling in the back of my mind. I'm like, fuck, okay, (laughs) let him talk, you know? So when he was done talking, I'm like, I'm like, Jay, can I share something with you? I'm like, He's like, yeah. I'm like, I think he had this a little wrong. So I read a comparison to him. I'm like, listen, your score is already the top tier. You don't get points. There's like matrixes. Making you already here. broke the matrix. So you're right at the top. Right? So what is
0: get, considered the top?
1: Uh, it depends on the type of product, but generally 740, 760, 780. So uh, once you pass,
0: once you hit 780,
1: it doesn't and matter. And you can give me with a 900. It's not going to make a difference, you know? So for his product was 740 and he was above that. And then he said crypto, he said investments. I'm a crypto fan. I believe in the product, some of the product. And I'm like, what's the opportunity cost for you to get rid of those assets, not including taxes, Mm -hmm. okay, to get to this bigger down payment? Pause that for a second. Pay off the car, that's gonna cost money. What's the interest on that loan? I'm like, let me tell you what, a 25, 30% down payment looks like, which is what you want it. Let me show you what a 5% down payment will look like. And you keep everything intact. On and all the difference I think was like 130 bucks a month. Wow, you know? So looked at me and like, man, nobody ever talked to me like that before. I'm like, because most guys are gonna sell what you asked what you came to buy and that's it. But in this case, the best rate, which there is a better rate, it's not the best rate for you. So you have to understand that you have you know, there's a lot of things you have to give up to get to this, which in my mind was a marginal difference. You know, some people think, oh man, this guy wants to get a bigger loan from me, he's gonna make more money because he's selling me a quarter higher in rate, when in reality, I'm not. Yeah, yeah the bigger loan's gonna pay a little bit more, but it's marginal, it's not gonna, it's not gonna drive me to, to advise. So, uh, so that's kind of been kind of what we do Uh, So to answer your question, yeah, some people, some people trust, some people don't. Um, I think it's just the nature they think where everybody's trying to skim somebody for for something all the time.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. From my perspective, with the business background that I'm in, um, cash is king and buying properties in Los Angeles right now and putting 20 to 30% down on this for what you get out of it it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, And my mind works around like that's dead money in a property that I'm gonna be stuck in for a long period of time that I could use to go start another business or, yeah. or go invest into something that is you know a, a higher risk field or go day trade with or something else. And it yeah. seems like my mind thinks that, well, I'd rather pay more a month or an interest only loan and yeah. then go try to work this money myself then then leave it dead somewhere. So it is interesting because, you know, that's the way I think, you know? Yeah, and and right. obviously you were trying to keep his stuff intact and let him know that there is other options
1: out there and sure. maybe getting a payment at a certain price isn't the best one. Isn't the best. And you made a good point too. There's also future, right? Yeah. Like if you have some cash parked aside I don't know how many times I've had clients come to me they'll buy the property. And then like three months later, they six months later, it. they want to cash out because, oh my God, I need to get some money back out. Yeah. You know, so the refi cycle is usually between 15 to 18 months. You know, we'll see now with rates change in the way they are, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. rates don't scare me. Um, can I afford the payment? I'm a payment driven person. Rates come and go, you know, is this payment something I can sustain manage? And maybe because the business I'm in or maybe because of my network, there's always opportunities. I've had two opportunities this week to put some money into something else, you know? And uh, so I'm I'm with you. I like keeping cash aside. I can manage the payment. I'm not a rate-driven consumer, if I'm gonna speak as a a client, so.
2: Yeah, I just, uh, I know that people are, a lot of times they're stuck on that. And I hear that a lot when people, yeah, we, you know, we save 30% down. We're gonna get this house, and I'm like, it's a lot of money to put down on something that you're gonna be in forever anyway.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, you know, there you can refinance later if rates go down. And yeah. and then you know maybe that's not the best opportunity. Maybe something's gonna come along once you're locked into it, and now you can't get money back as readily available as you think. You know? Right. It's cool that you give people the perspective of, like you said, we all think we know everything about everything in right. the information age because we do do our research and we come in and we say, boom, 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 and it's nice to get a professional opinion that isn't on, all right, cool, you got everything figured out and I know I can push this through, so I'm not even going to say nothing. Yeah. I'm just going to stamp the paper and push it through and, and make my money and be on to the next one, right? Yeah.
1: It's very easy to do that. Um, and I think most people do do that. You know, there's some really great guys and, and, and women out there that are doing um, good work. But I think, you know, unfortunately, I think the percentage is lower than not, you know? Um, so the real estate side has been really easy to make money for a long time. So that usually tends to attract bad characters. Yeah. And uh, and as a broker, you know, I don't have a brand like Wells Fargo over my head. You know, I think our brand is, is building, we have a lot of good things happening, but I'm never gonna be Wells Fargo or mm-hmm. Chase, you know? So never say never, but you know, I remember just working for the bank, just because that you have that tag, yeah. it already say, "Hey, I trust you," Ooh. you know. And it's oh. trust me, man. I've seen, uh, <laughs> maybe I've seen banks do some things that I don't know. Puts you in a predicament. Well, we're in a
2: we're in an age now where things are looking a little topsy turvy on their side of the table. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, people are getting a little more knowledgeable about you know what they're actually yeah. legally required to do with their money and such. Exactly. Um, but it's good. And I think obviously you built what you said was one of your most important relationships off of listening, hearing him out and then altering his plan, which I'm sure was better for him and built you guys as friendship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I miss mean, my talking to him the other day and actually he was happy because the asset he had money in, uh, I think did, uh, well, I think it crashed I think did a three X after that, um, the house getting equities, um, payments manageable, you know, everything worked out. Um, so that he actually ended up using some of the gains from the asset that he didn't sell to expand the house. Well. Wow. Uh so he's building his like little it's like uh, it's like a big it's a big property. So he's building like the property out a little bit. So There you go. It worked out. Mm-hmm. You know, does it work out every time? I think most, but yeah. you know, people have to be responsible as well.
0: Yeah. What are some of the common hurdles you have to deal with with people coming in and trying to get them approved?
1: Um, you know, I think today my biggest struggle is, you know, it's getting what I need. You know, like, I'm not selling back massages. I know it's just not fun, We're not a spa. You know, this is gonna be frustrating, annoying it, labor. You don't wanna do this. But my biggest struggle if I had to pick one thing is if I make, if I send a list to a client, the list is not negotiable. Yes. It's not like, oh, you know, I won't give them that, but I'll give this instead. You know, it's pretty precise. You know, I need an apple, a banana, and a watermelon. Don't give me a lime and a pear. It's not going to work, you yeah. know? So what happens then, it becomes this ping pong game.
2: People think they can negotiate.
1: Yeah, and they're like, well, this should work for you instead. Okay, well, I don't have my bank statement, but here's a screenshot from my phone. This is, should be enough for you. Oh, no it's not I'm sorry it's just not you know so a lot of that happens a lot and I think with that you have to be careful because the perception of service begins to dilute I think one of the reasons why I've I've, I've done well is a long time ago I learned about the perception of service so when I was at HSBC I had really complex clients were a global bank I had clients with Man, 35, 40 entities, a nation. I mean, a, a worldwide properties in Monaco, properties here. It's just like it's a lot, dude. a lot. And traditionally, people that have a lot of money, they feel like they don't have to provide quite as much because they have cash. But we're not in an equity lending environment anymore, so you have to prove everything that you have. And um, so the back and forth. I think can create a, a a diluted perception of service. Cause I can go to you and say, Hey ma'am, I need tax returns, bank statements, W2s, pay stubs. I'm gonna let you know, after I scrub this, I'll probably come up with another list of findings. And then the underwriter will come up with one. Our goal is to try to capture and forecast as much as possible on this round. So when we go through underwriting, maybe a couple of things are gonna be needed and we're cool. Well, psychologically speaking, the client, I've noticed the client is going to be a lot more inclined to participate in that game in the beginning. So that's my chance to really get a lot a lot from that client to even things I may not need, you know, kind of bank some of these documents in case I need it in the future. So I've had clients that say, wow, that was so much easier. Well, I'm like, no, it wasn't easier. I actually got the same shit that you had to get to the next guy. It's when I got it mm-hmm. right. It was at the very moment when you're like, OK, I want to do this. OK, boom, boom give me everything that I need. So back to your question, that doesn't work all the time. Some clients will give me give a little here, a little, little there, that. and then a little here, a little there, doesn't even what I need. So now I'm going back and forth five, six times, where in the back of his mind or her mind is like, man, this is just a fucking lot of work. It wasn't that, it wasn't that hard last time. It's always a comparison to the last time, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so my biggest struggle is like, listen, here's your shopping list. Please give me exactly what I need because I need it you know and the same thing happens when you get an approval like they think it's negotiable and stuff man i'm sorry it's just non-negotiable i've negotiated before i came to you so if if i'm asking for this three things i gotta have it so
0: and what do you mean by once you get an approval like the banks approve the documents this is their rate whatever it might be they think they can now renegotiate it
1: well not negotiate the rate but like let's say it's I've only done this a handful of times in my life where you submit the loan and it's approved with no conditions and the loans go straight to closing. It's very rare that it happens because even though you forecast as much as possible, there's always something. Like something from title, some from the insurance. There's always something. What happens is the clients, let's say I have an approval where there's more things needed from the client the clients then try to negotiate that. Like, ah, I'm not gonna give you that. I'm gonna give this to you instead. Very similar to the first list, you know? So to your listeners, listen to your loan officers. If are asking <laughs> for what they if they're asking for bananas, give them bananas. Yeah. Don't give them the peels. Give them the whole banana. Yeah, so. it's
2: it's a very cut. Your your list is very cut and dry. It's black- what you need to to get the dotted line signed and to have this thing yeah be in the past.
1: It's black and white, man. It's uh, and you know we're we're not a no common sense business for the most part. Uh, part of my initial conversation with my clients, I'm like, listen, take that big bag of common sense and take it outside, because if you try to find common sense in some of this, you're not gonna find. So if you can surrender to that and trust me, and let me lead. We're going to be fine, you know? Um, but like I said earlier, people have done a deal here, done there. They refinance their house three times. They're experts. Yeah. They know everything. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's always fun dealing with people like that. Yeah. Oh, I'm burning oil. <laughs> all <right>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man.
2: <sighs> it, it, uh, people never cease to amaze me. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but we're all our own. Fascinating little creature. So, I try we, to give us credit for that as well.
1: Well, I mean, there's a lot of information out there, man. You know, it's moving so, so much faster. You have yeah. internet, you have social media, you have now you have chat, TBT, you have, you know, it's just there's so much information that I read something somewhere that the attention span of a human has gone from like minutes to seconds now. Yeah. Um, so, you have that element. Um, you have the fact that information is available everywhere. Um, so, um, I don't think COVID helped, you know, no. incubating people for two plus years. So I think right now it's, it's, it's a different time, you know, different People
2: time. used to trust expertise. Yeah. I find in my field that, uh, everybody's an expert and everybody thinks they know what they're doing and everybody thinks they know every angle of the business. Yeah. But none of them have actually done it. And yeah. they know stated... Estimates of this or that, yeah. And then they tell you their idea and this, and you go, oh, "That's great." <laughs> and now let me tell you about why this isn't going to work. That's matter. not like yeah. that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or that's not scalable, or 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 it's not a, a continuous business plan because I feel like it'll be unprofitable. And yeah. you know, they look at you like, like maybe, but I mean, if you did six hundred million dollars worth of mortgages a couple of years ago, you probably know much more about it than I did. If somebody's successful in a certain area in business and life, you should probably trust them, yeah. being honest with you. I actually get wary of somebody that makes something sound too easy, yeah, because my 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 business radar starts going off, and I'm saying, uh yeah, this seems a little weird, it's a little a little too too
1: easy, yeah, it's funny to say that because actually I've lost business before um to competitors that <clears throat> kind of had more of a yes man approach, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I I can't I don't do that you know I, I I like to like listen this is yeah I feel really good about this but this and this could happen you know and uh, and uh, but people like easy people like hearing yes you know so I think um, you know you got to be careful especially in my business you got to be very careful with what you say you know so I think saying yes 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 is not the right approach at all. But um, but I hear it, man. People are people are. It's a d- different time.
2: You're kind time. of a gatekeeper, of, of sorts, no? A little
1: bit. I mean, it's a service, but it is
2: kind of gatekeeping in a way as well, because you're bridging uh, uh, bridging the gap between a customer and uh, a loan, more or less.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'm 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 between the lender and a and and client, so I have duties to both. Yeah. You know. Um. But. Um, You know i feel like lenders i think right now they want to do business Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think you know on a wholesale side of things i've i mean i haven't been in retail for so long so i really can't speak about the retail directly I've, I've, i've i've referred a ton of business to retail but i feel like right now people want to make deals happen and uh the comfort i have with uh with the wholesale side is like the reps i talk to if we run into a problem we're trying to find a solution like hey how can we fix this can we do this can we do that i didn't quite feel like that back when i was working for the bank they're very quick to say sorry suspended it's, it's not gonna work yeah. you know it could be volume they have so much business coming in that they can just toss clients to the side and say sorry i can't help you that could be very well be it you know but um i feel like there's there is some gatekeeping but i feel there's a bit more of a partnership between mm-hmm. me and the banks now than there, than before
2: Nice. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, um, is there anything we missed on the business side? And then is there anything that you would like to add on the the personal or business flow side that you could share with people that you think will be helpful?
1: On the business side, man, it's just uh, we're looking at some new tech. So I think I'm gonna, I am want to try to digitize my business a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I can't give away too much. About what we're doing, sorry, that's but okay. um, I can see the direction that the future is going, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm trying to tag along with it in some capacity. Um, try to find a, uh, a, 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 a streamline, a more streamlined way of without giving away too much of doing certain yeah. things. So that's how we're headed. Um, like I said, we're we're, we're, we're growing, um, and um, I'm really think of the new partnerships where we're establishing and that's going to keep us uh keep us afloat um until because I might have to step away a little bit now to kind of focus on this side of the project so and I'm excited it's, it's something different um and I think uh, I think it'll work really well it'll make the process much better um it might eliminate some of the struggles I've shared here with you guys today yeah on a personal side man you know my biggest thing is get up in the morning and and and, and Never stop changing, never stop growing. I think the the guys have succeeded the most um they've 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 had a, a a big drive for change, you know whether within their business or with their systems or with themselves uh I think everything starts with yourself you know um nobody knows everything about everything there's always something new to learn. so if you can kind of make yourself a lifelong learner, I think success is just inevitable so
0: wow.
2: I'm I'm a I'm in I'm agreement with that for sure. 100%. Oh, yeah. it's all about the journey and the the more that we can learn. That's how I try to live my life. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And do better than yesterday.
2: Yeah, God willing, like that we get up and try at the least, you know, to yep. to, to put our best foot forward, regardless of the the you know acts of God and the things that happen. Yeah. You know, we're just out here on our little boat trying to weather the storm. I think all of us. So that's awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. Thanks, man. Um, thank for you, sure thank you for course, man, being honest for and sharing your story. Yeah, of course. And we look forward to this new tech because it sounds like uh, I kind of see where you're going with it, and that's that's super awesome and interesting.
1: Yeah, we'll see, man. It's uh, it's a fast moving world, so you got to move yeah, fast. So exactly, yeah, there is better excited. ways though. Yeah, and for I, and,
2: sure. I, and I see that a lot of the old things are being rebuilt now. Yeah, and it is better for the customer and yeah. everybody. And in, in that sense, you know?
1: yeah, yeah, I just hope the new wave won't uh, disturb um, the market too much. Overall, I, feel, I kind of have uh, some concerns about um, humanity in a way, Yeah. about what's going to happen. You know, it's coming. It is. Yeah. But um, I hope there'll be a place for everybody right. when that happens.
2: I think we'll shuffle and figure it out, you know, I'm sure
1: I, I, I'm a positive person. So I
2: try to see that these things can be, you know, make us better, not worse. For sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Where can people find you?
1: Um, they can, can I give my number away?
0: Yeah, So uh, you're if, comfortable
1: with. Uh, we'll have our website, so www.mortgageglobe.com. Uh, we're on social media, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Rod Viana. You can Google me, i uh, will sure i will come up. And uh, if you guys have questions, and one thing I tell everybody all the time, and this is not a sales pitch, is I don't have to be in a deal making money to help. So if you get stuck on a deal, if you're a real estate agent and you're getting some wrong information that doesn't seem right, call me. I'm happy to help. You know, if we can do a deal in the future, that's great. Um, I don't withhold information. I don't think my brain is unaccessible. Uh, so any information I can share or advice I can give, give me a call.
2: Blessing, yeah. Appreciate that. that that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well make sure to have everything down there below so it'll be easily read and, uh, you know, Thank you for your time. Thanks, man. We've learned a lot. Yeah,
0: thanks, guys. Of course, man. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe. See you guys on the next one.